keeping those anymore because it on their list it can counteract right so they're in that one pharmacy but honestly if i went to another pharmacy i would say hey i'm on these medications because i want to make sure that's why they always say do you want to talk to the pharmacist because they have to tell you about this drug okay and that's fine and i agree with you but what's but, but whether it's your responsibility the doctor's responsibility or god's responsibility what is the argument against our having a fail safe in the system to flag it? It's like wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, it's your it's responsibility to wear it or not wear it, but I mean, I think it's, it's still good there. to have that, but right. it's well, just more of a like a, I mean, it, you, yeah. Especially if this many people are dying. My thing is this. If this many people are dying every <clears throat> year, and something like 200,000 people die a year from misdiagnosis of pharmaceutical drugs from doctors, right? So, I mean... If we can justify quarantining the entire nation for 100,000, I think that we could create this system. And, and, and the only reason I say that is because the people that are primarily affected aren't young, coherent people like you. You got to think about the people that are mentally disabled. You got to mm-hmm. think about the people that are handicapped. You got to think about the people that um, um, are just don't, older people who just don't have access to Internet or computer. We still have a few of them right. baby boomers left. Right. So there is a group of people that they are just not in a position right to adequately handle that level of responsibility when it comes to pharmaceutical drugs if you're going to assign a prescription to somebody you have to send it through this particular database first that has the client has all the client's information from every single pill that they have to pop a day it has to go through them first then they cross-reference everything and say okay Boom, 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 boom. None of these chemicals are going to mess with each other. Like, all right, it passes the check. Then it'll send it to whatever pharmacy that you wanted to pick it up from. Now you're making one system. That's a lot of stuff to do. Girl, that's like that's making a Facebook. That's literally making a Facebook for pharmaceutical drugs. No, I mean, So I do know when I was, when they were trying to hone in my ADHD and they prescribed me Adderall, I had to give them my license every time, and they scanned the back of my license mm. at the, the pharmacy. The little barcode thingy? Yeah. They scanned yeah. mine for the code. At the pharmacy, too. yeah. Yeah. So there is some kind of system. I just don't know what system it is, and I don't know mm. if it's spread out through, you know, the whole United States or just a couple hospitals and a couple doctors. You know what I mean? But yeah. I that, that, on top of people are giving other people medications... Right, because they're oh, like, oh, the I time. take this. Here yeah. you go, take yeah. this. Oh yeah, we take the same thing. Like, da-da-da. yeah. I, I look. I'm not against. I look. I, there's loopholes and everything. I'm just saying. I personally feel because, like, my grandfather, he passed away from dementia. Right, he had a heart attack. Um, so he had stents in his heart. Like, he had all these different things going on. Right. So I look at someone like him who, you know, there's a lot of things going on just with main keeping him. You know functional at a certain point so it's just like i think about people like him or someone who's handicapped or someone who might have other mental mental whatever case may be they don't have necessarily the capability to just cross-reference and dot every i and cross every t right they don't have that so they're at a risk right. right so for me it's just like having something like this in place especially with how much money pharmaceuticals make when we just gave 800 million dollars to ukraine for a war they can pay somebody for a year to create a centralized um, program that's probably not even going to cost them a million dollars to make. I mean, Facebook was made in a, 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 
you know, a dorm room house. That's all you need is a Facebook profile for anybody on pharmaceuticals. You take XYZ, you're not taking it no more, take it off, boom, cross-reference, send the information. Which would be wonderful in real life, but it, that for that to happen, I don't know. But I do know because the older population, you, you do what the doctor tells you to. You don't ever you don't question, question it. You don't question the doctor. You do not question your doctor. And I used to, when I worked in the clinic, I would talk, talk to clients and I'm like, well, have you talked to your doctor about this? Oh, God, no. Why would I tell him that? Well, because, well, yeah, then, you know, your doctor, because your doctor needs to know these things of what the reactions are to these medications that you're having that's causing anxiety and this and that. And it's like, no, 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 he told me I needed this for my heart. So therefore, that's what I'm doing. Because in their head, it's the doctor doctor's telling right. you to do it. And then you have some people that have white coat syndrome is what I call oh, it. Yeah. Like you're afraid of doctors. You're afraid of pharmacists. You're afraid. They are, they are, a, they are considered higher up than mm. we are. So therefore, I have to listen to them, and I cannot question them. That's a lie. I question right. my doctor all day, every time. Right, I'm but there. we're a different generation right. than the older population. And if you have an older population teaching the younger population, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And if you question it, how dare you? So I talked to my grandma about her meds. It's like you got other options out here that are natural that you don't have to take this. And it's like, well, the doctors. Okay, okay, grandma, mm-hmm. you got it. And unfortunately, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. So then when you get prescribed a pain med, when you're older and you get prescribed a pain med, well, guess what? They're pumping. I mean, before it was regulated, they were pumping people full of oxys, full of Vicodins, full of everything. They were just giving it. Veterans, they were just giving it away like candy. And it's like you're getting all these people hooked and then you take it away from them. Then what? Then they move on to the next drug that they could get their hands on. Because guess why? They're going into withdrawal, and that withdrawal feels painful. Mm-hmm. The only withdrawal that you can actually die from is alcohol. Really? Everything else is, it feels like you're going to oh, die. Oh, yeah. That's why when the pandemic happened, they didn't even close the liquor store. Nope. That's why they made it. They deliver it. No. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, because they didn't want the hospitals to be overrun with alcoholics. Yeah. Yep. It was. It's a real. Yeah, I was. Man, thinking, they hit a lick, boy. I was thinking about that too, because I saw that. I'm like, why is everything closed but the liquor store is? Open? And then all these restaurants could like to go orders for because right. they do to go with liquor, mm-hmm. right? Because of that. So that's the only one you can because die from. If because your body, your liver, your you can actually sh- your body can shut down functioning. So we had a um, when I was. 21 I was living in California and I worked at a grocery store and I worked with this woman every day her name was Penny and she was an alcoholic she came to work every day smelling like alcohol they would send her home she struggled with it and um, she was a very nice person and one day she didn't come to work Um, because she hadn't been coming to work because they kept sending her home. Right. Right. And so one day she didn't come to work and she was on the schedule with me and I said, Hey, Penny's not here. And then the next day I said, Hey, where's Penny at? How come she's not here? So is she didn't have any friends or family or anyone. So the manager of the store actually went to her house and knocked on the door and she didn't answer. So then they called the cops. Yeah, did a welfare check. Yeah. And they found her that she had died and she died because alcohol withdrawal. She didn't have any money to get alcohol, but uh, apparently her apartment was just like filled with alcohol bottles. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad that that's how she had to go because she was like a really good person. (laughs) 
But that's the thing that trips me out though, because like you meet these alcoholics and like you think that they're gonna be just train wrecks and out here just you know stealing. But it's like you know you. A lot of them are like some of the nicest, like okay. just really. That term though drives me nuts because anybody that is functioning and their drink and their alcohol use is way up high, and they would be considered addicted to alcohol. Yeah, there there's parts of their life that is not okay, so they're not functioning. They could be oh, acting I see what you're saying, and like, functioning as in you're used to seeing them drunk or you're used to seeing them buzz. So to you, that's them normal. That's functioning. Right. That's them normal. Well, I say it as functioning off of the alcohol is what I meant. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you need to go right after you. Uh, I'm like, Ambrose, I'm coming after you. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I was like, no, that's what I meant. She's functioning. You know, she's used to functioning off of mm-hmm. that. It's just a lot of people are like, oh, no, I can be a functioning alcoholic and be okay. Wait a minute. In order to be diagnosed with an addiction of alcohol, it has to affect you either personally, like either relationship-wise, financially, um, there's mentally, Mm -hmm. and then there's another one. I can't remember it right now. God, I can't believe I can't remember it. But basically, if you are having like arguments with family because you're drinking, if you are having... um, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm buying $3 wine now because I can't afford the wine I used to use. Oh, my God, now I'm, I'm, I'm not paying my bills so that I can drink financially. Mm-hmm. Losing your job because of mm-hmm. drinking or using drugs. Um, the financial aspect of getting caught with a DWI or getting caught with drugs, going to jail, then it's taking away from your family. It is, you know, people are like, yeah, but I can function. I can really, you get in a car and see what happens. Okay, you can drive to work, great. How many times do you do that before you hurt yourself or somebody else? Yeah. So it's a constant of, uh, that's that was one of my other little issues with it, is because they're like, oh no, people can function. You, you can function, but you're not functioning normally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you get through that? Because it's like, I, you, I mean, because, I mean, there, I mean, I've, I, I look at meth because like I my perception of meth was greatly changed whenever I watched this YouTube documentary just on different people that are on meth. Right. Mm-hmm. But my perception changed because I was like uh, this one lady, ironically, she was a fucking therapist. Mm-hmm. Right. So she paid her bills on time. You know, she you know, she had a house. She had a car. Um, she had a kid. On the surface, if you were just like looking at her and like never ever once asked if she did drugs, you think she was a totally normal, right, functioning person, mm-hmm. right? But where like I guess like how do you if you're in therapy or if you're someone on the outside like how do you get through through to a person like that? Because it's like what do you really like hold on? Because it's like all right, all your bills got paid, you have a career, you go to work every day, you, you're taking care of your kid, there's food in your house. But you're like every day doing this drug, like. So when you're doing your drug, how much are you really paying attention at work? This, how much yeah. are you really paying attention right, right, right. at home with your kid? You know, are you paying attention to your kid, or are you putting your kid in front of the TV to watch TV because you're zoned out because you're on drugs? Yeah. Okay. Fair. There's some fair. aspect. There's something in there. I'm saying like that's. It's yeah. either you're fighting with your family, or right. you know something, your friends, you know, because. So that lady Penny, she was mm-hmm. one of my friends. I never had an issue with her because I didn't know her too personally. But right. another one of my friends that I that I used to be friends with, I'm no longer friends with. They are an alcoholic still, and. Just because they were surrounded 
through mutual friends to me, you know, this person thought it was okay. They didn't think that it was a big deal. They thought it mm-hmm. was fun to to do that, to drink and drive and do all that stuff. And I just got tired of seeing it. You know, I can only tell you how so many times before right. it's like, I, I can't have you in my life because now you're putting me in danger, asking me to get in a car with you when I told you you're drunk and let me drive the car. Right. So that's where it went for me really quick. And not only that, in in between those times, this person is creating problems because they can't remember what they did or what they right. said the night before. Right. So there's that issue, too. Mm. Well, if you think about it, drinking is socially acceptable. At oh, this yeah. point, marijuana is getting to be that part, too. Mm-hmm. Just because they're legal doesn't mean it's acceptable. But it is because in our heads, it's legal. Right. So I can't go to jail for it. Right. So... This is where it's like, okay, but yeah, but it's altering your mind. Mm -hmm. Anything that's changing your chemical makeup is altering your mind. Soda, caffeine, sugar, anything that we do that changes our chemical makeup. Even the water we drink has different chemicals in it than what's supposed to be in there. So guess what? It's changing your chemical makeup. Can we talk about caffeine though? Yeah. Like that's... You can't, no, 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 no. I, I know, me. me too. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Well, the only time, you, only time I ever see you drink caffeine is whenever we're doing a, a, a workout. Like and a if you only do like one. Yeah. And you, a lot of times you don't drink the whole it. thing. Yeah. Or then like if we do brunch, you have like a cup, maybe. A cup of coffee. Yeah. I don't I mean, drink you know. coffee all day anymore, but yeah. But uh, like caffeine, like that's, I feel like that's a... Uh, that's it's a, a drug. Uh, right, when but I, it's socially acceptable. But that's it's so socially, yeah. yeah. There was this guy at, uh, when I used to work at Geico. You better not bring up coffee enemas. No, not the coffee. <laughs> that's an addiction, too. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, but, you know, he. it was funny because everybody knew him as the coffee man. And so I took his training class. Um, and he has the, and everybody told me, when you go in there, he's going to have this giant a cup with him and it's filled with iced coffee all the time. <laughs> and so every day, all day, this man drinks iced coffee. He does not like drink non-stop. water. He does not drink Coke, nonstop iced coffee. And, uh, and he's so skinny. He's like super skinny and he's high strung because of it. He's always on 10 the whole mm-hmm. time. And I never thought about it, but yeah, that's an addiction for him. Well, and coffee's a diuretic. Mm. And it's an appetite suppressant. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, Don't get no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get no ideas. So, uh. but it's like if you think about it, and then the caffeine itself mm-hmm. is changing your chemical makeup. I always, when I do an assessment, I'm asking, how much caffeine are you drinking in a day? And people are like, one or two cups. One or two cups of what? Coffee. Okay, so you drink in light brew, medium, roast, like what do you do? Oh, because yeah, because there's levels there's to this. There's levels to that, this. Yeah. Okay, meet me. More, more than, <laughs> <more> than <laughs> half caffeine. And then it's like, okay, oh, yeah, but I'm also drinking this. Well, that has caffeine in it, too. They have sparkling water that has caffeine. Oh, yeah, right yeah. They have you know? Coca-Cola mixed with coffee now. Right. What? So, yeah. Yeah, so it tastes terrible. I'll try you... it. <laughs> is it, is it I was thinking about, like, maybe I'll try Is it closer to Coke Zero? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, it's bad. It's really bad. He got me hooked on Coke Zero, so I blame him. I never drink Diet Coke. We're cutting Cokes. this out of the episode. Yeah. He, he got me hooked on Coke Zero. They're so good. So I'm drinking but, one right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought it to him. <laughs> Enabling the addiction. Oh my yeah. God. Enabling the addiction. Hey, it's 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 mm. 
It's an addiction. Hey, I've had a couple of Coke Zero people. You guys crack me up. <laughs> well, but they're so good. I, 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 when we first started working out, I was like, if there's not a Coke Zero over here, we're doing step ups. <laughs> So you filled the fridge. Right. I, yeah, oh, yeah, the bad boys yeah, was yeah, on back yeah. stock. I was like, there ain't no, there's no Coke Zeros in the refrigerator. He's like, nope, go in the pantry. They're in the, in the pantry. But if you think about it, all these things are addiction. Mm-hmm. I, at this point, I mean, I could drink a Red Bull and fall asleep. Like, that's the ADD. Yeah. You know, and it's it's anything that stimulates, that is a stimulant that you take and you can actually fall asleep and go to sleep. That's a, That's one of my true signs of ADHD because, like, most people, you get ramped up on it. Mm-hmm. And some people, like, I was drinking a lot of coffee so that I could focus because mm-hmm. it was actually focusing me. And then as soon as I went on one of the diets, whatever, one of the fad diets, and I had to stop drinking creamer, my coffee, all this other stuff. And black coffee to me at the time did not taste good, so Ugh. I was not going to do it. Not in my black coffee? I do. I drink it black now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Maybe when I'm 80, I don't know. <laughs> Side note. I will say, though, I do. Th- wait, I do think um, I'm not going to say I have ADHD or whatever. When I was younger, they tried to put me on Ritalin because I was like all over the mm-hmm. place. And my dad was like, you're not putting my kid on no drugs. But anyway, so I've told you I've done quite a few drugs in my life. But I will tell you that cocaine was my first time. I think that I do have like ADHD or something like that. Because whenever I do, would do cocaine, I would be like laser focused. Mm-hmm. Like I would be more social. Obviously, because okay. of the drug. Hold on, hold on. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, because of the drug. Yes, but what I'm saying is, is like I would be way more in tune to the conversation. I would be way more socially aware of what's going on. I would be so much more relaxed. Like, well, because you could in focus the you conversation focus. and what was going on. So I was, that was like my first time. I think I was like, dang, maybe, maybe I do have ADHD. So, and that's when it's like going to a therapist and getting that the behavioral therapy to recognize. I recognize now, like when I'm, if I'm doing paperwork, I actually have a chair that has a, um, an, um, a big elastic around it and I'll bob my feet on it while I'm typing yeah. and I have the music going, but I also have a podcast on, but I also have TV on so that that way then I'm trying to, because there's so much going on, I can actually focus. I'm the same way. So <laughs> I do everything at one time too. Yeah. You were a squirrel. You were the, <laughs> the epitome of ADD. I was going to say though, that, uh, uh this is kind of like a conspiracy or something. I don't know, but there is several so uh, it's, it's said that several software companies that want to be up on the latest technology right. and stuff, they give their employees cocaine to work and code nonstop and it gets them focused. And they and it's been on TV like that, too. They portray it that, that way. I can see that. Well, they used to, I mean, they used to give cocaine in the wars. Yeah, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. But cocaine, cocaine used to be a, a, it used to be used in dentist office. That's what they used to numb. Mental uh, health. That's uh, what they used to numb Freud. your gums whenever you go to the dentist. Oh my God. Freud. That's how he said depression was cured. Just do some cocaine. Oh wow. I mean, he did. Re, you know, he would women that were hysterical because hysteria. Oh yeah. Um, and you want to work? She's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. So with all these different <laughs> things, I mean, it, but it's been like that throughout the years. And then they do different studies, like the psychedelics that they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to use psychedelics for depression, anxiety, for trauma. Okay. So first of all, disclaimer, we are not encouraging in any way, shape or form for you to do drugs, but we are encouraging you to go to officialbpg.com. <laughs> and buy some treat oh, I guess this Lord. is our commercial time, but right. we are not, we are not condoning <laughs> right. the use of drugs 
drugs in any way, shape, or form. We are just stating facts and new studies that are coming out. So no one cancel us. Well, that's we why we just... have our disclosure at the beginning. Oh, you put that in there? You put that <laughs> yeah. in there? Okay, oh, my yeah. bad, my bad. I just wanted to <laughs> I don't want nobody to get in trouble. So That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad, Amy. Continue. I'm sorry. I no, apologize. No, forget it. I forgot what I, I was saying. No, no, no. You were talking about the studies of um, so the I new know drugs and how they One of my co my um, cohorts in Maine, she posted on her social media that she was going through this seventy something hour training on how to use psychedelics with clients. So, I mean, they're doing more and more and more, but they've been oh, wait, doing Wait, she can studies. openly talk about that? Yeah, because I guess it's something that's going on. I, I haven't researched it, so I don't know. Only one I know about is mushrooms. I know yeah. they said that mushrooms can give you like a three-month, they say it can give you up to three months of of uh, lowering um, signs of depression and anxiety. That's the only thing I know about this study. But that's the only thing yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the only thing I know. Wow. So I, I want to look into it further because I think that that could really help some people, you know, and then, you know, it's, it's looking at the different strains of marijuana that mm-hmm. can also help lower because some people it ramps up their anxiety when they smoke or they have oils or whatever. Some people like have to do the edibles because otherwise they get, they get anxiety. Mm-hmm. Some people get depressed. Or nausea. Yeah. And some, then people some people have to smoke. Some people have to eat the edibles. Some people have to take a certain strain, sativa or Right. Or because you indica. don't know. React to CBD only. Right. Yeah. It, it be, you got to think about it. Our chemicals are all the same, but we're all made differently. Yeah, true, true, true. So if, you know, say an edible works for one person, it might ramp up somebody else's anxiety because their chem- it's changing their chemical too much. Or it's I'd be interested to see enough. about the, the psychedelics because, I mean, it opens up pathways. Whenever you take like psychedelics, it opens up pathways between different hemispheres of your brain that don't. Have you necessarily a high connectivity right. or whatever. I so would I'd never be, trust the psychedelics that are out there today, though. They're, they're cut with too many things. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about like a, a controlled, okay. like regulated, like Uh-oh. not just off the street people. No, 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 no. I'm saying like we went through a process where it gets regulated. There's standards. There's like proper farms. There's right. like all cultivation, all that. But. It'd be interesting to see, especially, and I I mean, I don't want it, I I guess this gets kind of either counterproductive or maybe productive, I don't know, but I would love to see what that does with people that have like addictions, because it does change their brain makeup, or people that have like cognitive, uh, uh, cognitive diseases, or, or people who, you know, um, um, became, let's say, mentally, they had some type of brain Trauma, right? Right, and then like stroke, or you know, I don't know, something like that. And then seeing if microdosing or psychedelics or something like that, being that it can connect these different hemispheres of the brain, seeing if or even you could get some type of motor function back or get some type of. Oh, you're talking about that. I was gonna say, or even I wonder if this is done already. Do. Doctors or I, I don't the doctors at the rehab. Mm-hmm. Do they ever like if somebody's on a really hard drug? Like what's the hard? What's one of the hard drugs out there? Uh, we were talking about earlier. Um, what meth? Ketamine? No, the, uh, fentanyl? Fentanyl or yep. something? Um, do they sometimes put them on other drugs? I know morphine. They use morphine for people that have like <coughs> addictions to I think meth actually. 
Well, that and then you have, you have Suboxone, which is a because you can't just come off that of has adjutant, or is it Suboxone that they yeah. use to get them off of morphine? Yeah, methadone mm. and 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 Suboxone, and to, and then there's Subutex, which is for pregnant Ooh. women. Um, What's that? It's the same thing as Suboxone, but oh. it, it's got some other chemical in it, so it's not supposed to harm the baby. Oh. So, um, and I know people have been on those for years, and, you know, they do great with it. Yeah, they yeah. stay on it. It's like a prescription. They do great. That's a whole different controversy because I think when it first came out, because methadone, you have to go to the meth clinic every day. First thing in the morning to get your dose of methadone. Right. Suboxone, they oh, can wow. put it in tablets or um, little strips or whatnot. And then you can have, like, most providers only do a week at a time. Is that so, the um, stuff that they were giving people uh, to get off Oxycontin? Because I saw in the, in the, in the documentary that they, he was like, I can't it, yeah. function. He's like, I'm just feeling so, uh, like, whatever, uptight about it. But then he started getting... I guess a boxing, mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. like, "This is really helping me get my focus back." He's like, "This is really helping me like get back to what he considered yeah. normal or whatever." Absolutely, and there's so many different sides to this. Yeah, yeah because yeah. okay, so then Suboxone's created. My understanding when it came out, it was supposed to be to step down, so that you would go, you know, okay, I'm on this many milligrams. I'm gonna step down to this. I'm going to step down to this. So it was an easy slide-off progression to being able to come off of drugs completely. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in today's society, Girl, you know people are staying, 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 staying. And then I have people that really want to get off it. I have two clients that really want to get off it. But they, they, it's that, that fear that if I get off this, I'm going to go use again. It's that fear oh. of, oh, my God, I'm going to go through withdrawals like I did when I was on drugs if I get off this. Even, now, if, they're like a, even if they step down to, like, the even lowest? Yeah, and she, the, yeah, there's a couple people that are at their lowest, and the next step is to get but off. But there's, there, there's a struggle. You know, it's, a, it's an that internal anxiety, struggle. Like, I will relapse. I will go back to that life. So there's no, you know, so it's now a crutch to... to and it's also hindering their progress. Mm-hmm. And then they feel ashamed because, well, this reminds me of my drug days and I'm still on it. How am I going to meet somebody? So, man, that I'm, makes it even more difficult. Right. And then Suboxone, there is a withdrawal from it. Is it? Mm-hmm. So, guys, think about, you know. If You're you like chasing your ass at that point. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, younger generations and stuff thinking about trying these drugs because they see shows like Euphoria and stuff and they think it's cool and fun and whatever. And it's like, once you make that choice, you could be fighting that addiction for the rest of your life. Right. Well, you got to remember, too, there's people that can use and they're like, I didn't get addicted. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that the first time they try it, they're addicted. I just remember that basketball player. He was supposed to be like the next fucking Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan, man. He was like, I mean, like he was coming out high school and everybody was like, or or college. and, And he was like, dude, this dude's the next Michael Jordan. No, I think it was high school. And they're like. He's gonna take over the league, like da da, da 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 da. He went to a party one time. He went to a party one time, and they were like, "Bro, take a hit of this," and it happened to be uh, cracking and blew a hole in his heart. Mm-hmm. He died right there mm-hmm. on the spot. And I was just like, and I and I remember hearing that like as a kid, and I was just like, "Bro, I'll never do drugs." I was like, "I'll never do drugs. Like, mm-hmm. I'll never risk it." Then, right, you know, then. Fo- football <laughs> was over, and I came an adult, and I was like, "Oh." 
I'm not going to finish that statement because we are adults here. <laughs> this is a show. <laughs> um, but okay, so I do want to talk about this too, yes. though. Um, so I look at also like so we have Hollywood entertainment, right? Like actors and all that stuff. And I look at something like Whitney Houston's story, mm-hmm. and then I look at rappers, right? And I look at the type of drug culture that is in rap, mm-hmm. but which and then this doesn't really get talked about as much now. Drugs and rock and roll, right? Right. It's literally in their slogan. So I look at these industries where, quote unquote, we have functional users, and right. when, and the only reason I say functional users is because. We have people that are being open about their drug use, and they have this high level of success. Like Lil Wayne. Right. Okay. Prime yep. example, Lil yep. Wayne. He was in the hospital for his coding addiction. For his coding addiction. He almost died. Yeah. So I look at how do we how do we draw that line? Because it's like, and he even did an interview. He was like, well, I became the best rapper in the game because I was on this drug. Some rock artists are like, well, I made my best album when right. I was strung out on whatever right so it's just like there's this weird and i always say this because like i'm a creative person i'm like uh i like to create i like to draw i like to design stuff and i i don't really want to say it like this but i feel like there's a time and place for experiment with these things because it opens your mind to different perspectives but i hate to say that because it's like yeah you're you're, you're if, saying it's okay to if, do drugs. yeah because it's like you're saying it's okay to do drugs but then it's just like i hate to say that i understand because it, it'll be that one kid that says like oh i'm just gonna try this one time and then they're hooked the then rest of their life yep. and it's just like and there's nothing that you can come back from from that and, and and it's just so bittersweet to me as an artist because i know like lenny kravitz i know right. you know all these artists that have experimented and created like these amazing Bruno Mars too yeah. Bruno I mean, Mars they created amazing things yeah. because they had it yeah. so it's just like but it's you, so hard yeah, to just say crazy. don't do it because it's right. like but then there's some beauty in it too though I mean I guess if you're an artist you know that's that's something that I mean your team would control you on you know because no, you, the, you, most artists have their team that's a yes yeah yes they're gonna take whatever you want they're gonna yeah. give you whatever you want just to keep you happy It's your boy, Black Zeus. Thank you for listening to part two of today's episode. Please continue listening. Part three only gets better.